0: Old routines die hard, like those multiple cups of coffee and sugary energy drinks to stay alert. Well, I discovered a healthier way to get the sustained energy I need without all the caffeine and sugar. Superbeats Heart Chews. I just unwrap a chew or two in the morning and let Superbeats Heart Chews do the rest. I feel great about what I'm doing for my health. Join me in the new way to start your day with Super Beats Heart Shoes. I challenge you to try it for 30 days and give them your feedback. No more afternoon coffees, energy drinks, and candy for a quick pick-me-up. I've been taking Super Beats Heart Shoes for years, and it's an easy and convenient on-the-go boost to your overall health and energy. Make Superbeats Beats choose an essential part of your busy day. To make it easy to get started, I got you up to 45% off plus free shipping at danasbeats.com. Hurry, it's their best offer available anywhere. That's danasbeats.com for up to 45% off. danasbeats.com. Keep
1: It's important. Look, this has to become an election issue. The way people listen, senators, congressmen, is people say, I'm gonna, this is going to affect my vote. Too many people are dying. Needless and, what, and what's even being proposed in the House and Senate is marginal. I mean, it's, it's important, but it's not all that needs to be done. The idea we're not going to do background checks, the idea we're not gonna, anyway.
0: The answer March. Oh, boy. So uh, that's Joe Biden, and it's Monday. There's a lot of stuff that's been on the move in D.C., but you wouldn't know it because they're focusing solely on this j6 freak show which i'm barely going to give any attention to because i just literally don't care i don't care it is not news anyone who thinks this is news needs to go find real news to obsess over they're literally right now in washington dc figuring out before they go for a two-week independence day break determining how to take your rights And you don't know anything about the negotiations on the deal or anything else because they are only obsessing over the J6 stuff. That's all. That's it. That's it. So we're going to discuss all this. Welcome to the show. Happy Monday to you. And so over the weekend, there was some movement in the Senate. No, I'm not going to talk about the J6 stuff because I don't care. I don't care. You heard like in the teaser coming up. I just don't really call welcoming people into a, a dwelling or or a, an entity as a uh, I don't I don't consider that to be a, an insurrection or an invasion. I just don't, just don't. So the this is what we got. We got a lot of stuff. I'm not going to cover it. I don't care. Kane, you don't care either, right? Just still still checking. Nope. It's all so boring. It's all so stupid. Nobody cares. The Senate reached a deal. If you sign up for the newsletter. Uh, All of you subscribers, you get this. The Senate reached a deal on gun control on a package over the weekend. They released a framework. It's 10 Democrats and 10 Republicans. Uh, They released a framework for a gun control package. We don't know the details yet because it hasn't actually yet been entirely put to text, legislative text anyway. And Senator John Cornyn is apparently the lead negotiator on this. And I know we have reached out to him. Have we nailed him down on a particular day this week? Wednesday. Oh, he's on Wednesday. OK, good. I because I'm glad because we've we've been asking and he said originally that there were so Wednesday, John Cornyn, Senator John Cornyn will be on with us. Now, the framework for this package and again, this is not this is like in principle. It's not actual legislative text, meaning that anything that I tell you that's in this framework right now, I mean, ultimately, you could have at the end of the week certain things not be in here at all and certain things could be in here. Now, you're probably like, okay, Dana, what do you think of it? Just get to it. Uh, I don't like it. I don't like it. And I think and I think that there are uh, there's no negotiation about rights. The end, the end, the end of story, end of story, especially when we have an existing legal framework that people refuse to adjudicate ineligible entities through. So because someone refuses to enforce the law or someone refuses to say something when they see something or because someone refuses to go through that process and have someone who that they know that is dangerous to have them determined in a court of law through a due process within our legal framework to have them can rendered ineligible, that doesn't because you refuse to do that does not mean that I have to forfeit my rights because you refuse to do that. So that's what I think of it, if you want to know what I think of it, the framework is a mashup of a few things so Lindsey Graham's bill that he had with um, that he was working on with uh, Senator Richard Blumenthal and that was a it was a red uh, a red flag uh, bill and there was a lot of uh, it was still like there the first one that he did was after Parkland and it really didn't go uh, really didn't go anywhere there, there were a lot of concerns about some of the protections for respondents because there was no uniform evidentiary standard. Uh, there were no that I mean that you didn't have a court appointed attorney, et cetera, et cetera. And I, I say this because it was the same grant offering that they're offering now, except they were just saying states that choose to implement these red flag laws here's some taxpayer money in the form of a grant so they could sidestep the Prince v United States, which was a Supreme Court case back in the '90s that determined if an that that determined that a federal program because it's a federal program the government cannot force a state to operate or bear the uh, resource or financial burden of operating a federal program. So in order to sidestep any kind of redo on litigation as it relates to prince U.S., they've decided to just offer financial incentives in the form of finan- uh, taxpayer-funded grants to these states. Now, my problem, as I just mentioned, is that there are no caveats with us. They don't demand an evidentiary standard. They don't demand, and it's not with due process. I mean, that's the biggest one. So this bill, this framework that they came together on uh, to for this gun control package includes a mashup of Lindsey Graham's red flag law. And this is uh I mean it really I mean it very much is a mashup of his law. I was like comparing my notes here. It very much is a mashup of what Graham and Blumenthal's bill was and this. And let me just read this this point to you because there are several points here. They get into uh, expanding they said with this they are looking at uh, how to uh, report and uh, incentivize uh, you know an early identification or whatever reporting system etc 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 they also are looking instead of raising the age now this, this package does not include raising the age of purchase from 18 to 21. What it includes is what they call an under 21 enhanced review process. Now, if you remember the audio that we played last week of Senator Tom Tillis discussing just this, it looks like this made it in here. And do you remember Tom Tillis was trying to be very cagey and he didn't want to come out and say that this was a waiting period. He was talking about the process that is required. You have to go state by state to unseal juvenile records between eight, the ages of 18 to 21 and you have to go through a legal process to unseal those records and he said that it was that process that may delay if you are uh if someone who's between 18 and 21 comes in there's they, he said they and clearly they have no particulars on this they just said an enhanced investigative review process so they're going to check so it's a it's a nick system you would have to include juvenile records violent felony uh, criminal behavior uh, convictions for under 18, that would have to be a part of NICS, which it currently is not. And NICS pulls from the National Crime Information Center and NICS is the national, that's the, that's the background check that you do instead of having like a 13-day waiting period. So they wanted to, the other stuff is like goofy. Uh, it looks like it creates a slush fund. I mean, when they sit here and talk about more spending for mental health, okay, well, what is the oversight on this? Where exactly is this money going to go? Obviously, we need the particulars on this. They say that they increase the penalties for straw purchase. Okay, well, that is all already a federal that's already a felony so how are you going to increase that further they talk about telehealth investments. Uh, they also say that they're going to clarify the definition of federally licensed firearm dealers. So what does that mean? What do you? I, I need particulars on this. Cracking down on criminals who illegally evade licensing requirements. That's already a felony under 18 U.S.C. 922. A through Z, by the way. And then as it gets into protections of victims of domestic violence, I don't know if you're aware of this, but the Lautenberg Amendment, which I've written about pre, uh, many times, is uh, also called the domestic violence offender gun ban. If you are a convicted domestic, Domestic abuser, you are already a prohibited person. Now, what the gun control advocates want to do is they want to redefine what is an intimate partner. Their definition of intimate partner, gun control advocates, is dating partner or not dating partner. It could be someone with whom you have no sexual or non-sexual relationship at all whatsoever, and it include it can it can't include current and ex partners. And I have helpfully, if you get the newsletter, I have linked that. I linked that, uh, their, that draft bill that's still kind of languishing. I've linked that for you, including a screenshot for the people who don't like to scroll. I do everything. I, I actually have the screenshot of the actual one example, 18 examples of, the, uh, of that language total in that bill. And I linked one of them and did a, or did a screenshot of one of them in the, in the piece. So essentially, it's a huge expansion of government power with absolutely no check on the legal abuse made possible by the very design of the proposal itself. So when you're talking about redefining who is an intimate partner to even someone, an ex that you didn't have a non-sexual relation, that doesn't even make, what is that? So there's a lot of questions and the vagary has been purposeful. So I do have questions on that because already, again, Lautenberg, which was something that was done back in 1997, that already that's already codified. That's already if you are a, demis, a a convicted domestic abuser, then you cannot go out and get a firearm. So there there's a lot of vagueness in here and without any kind of especially with the mental health funding, without any strictly worded oversight, that's easily going to turn into a free for all. And I, I don't know. The other thing that I wanted to point out here is that it's very interesting, the 10 Republican senators that have joined on to make this a bipartisan thing, right? So you have, let me, let me pull this up, because the, the people, the lawmakers that have signed on to this, the 10 Republicans... They include Cornyn of Texas, Chris Murphy of Connecticut, Tom Tillis of North Carolina, uh, Kirsten Cinema of Arizona, Richard Blumenthal of Connecticut, Roy Blunt of Missouri, Cory Booker of New Jersey, Richard Burr of North Carolina, Bill Cassidy of Louisiana, Susan Collins of Maine, Chris Coons of Delaware, Lindsey Graham of South Carolina, Martin Heinrich of New Mexico, Mark Kelly of Arizona, Angus King of Maine, Mansion of Virginia, uh, West Virginia, Rob Portman out in Ohio, Uh, Romney out of Utah, Debbie Stabenow out of Michigan, uh, Pat Toomey out of Pennsylvania. So of these Republicans who are on here, and this is what's very interesting, uh, you have four, and there's ten of each Democrat and Republican, four of the five Republican senators backing the deal are retiring. The other six are not up for re-election. My speculation is that ten Republicans were purposefully selected to, because they are out of the election cycle, so they could compromise on Second Amendment rights through this proposal. Mm-hmm. Now, I now he is now as I said, Senator Cornyn is confirmed for Wednesday, and I'm going to hold him to that. And I because I have legitimate questions about this. I want to know why there's this incorporation of a, of a Graham-ish, Graham-esque red flag included in this. And we have, again, why what, it, what is within the legal framework currently now that is not addressed that you would have to diminish due process to achieve? That's a big question. Now, we have... I know we are also on top of that you have the new york rifle and pistol association supreme court case that's coming out there's 29 some odd cases that the that the that scotus has to rule on before the end of this month there's a ton of different uh cases that the verdict is going to be out this month so there's going to be it's, it's going to be a busy couple of weeks here now in addition to all of this you have y I mean, you would think that don't you think that these sort of negoci- negotiations as it concerns your rights, that that that's something that you would like to hear, you know, on primetime, that's something that you would like you would like to watch those discussions instead of this thing, because what they're doing right now for the J6 stuff, it's so stupid. They're trying to seed the ground ahead of uh, midterms. That's what this is all about. So a few other things that we have coming up, we got some uh, economy, we got wokery, we got a whole bunch of stuff as well, some GOP things Some uh, to get into. If you're like me, you're growing more and more concerned about the future. Inflation is at its highest level in 40 years. Interest rates are skyrocketing and market experts not only predict a recession, but they're using terms like, quote, economic hurricane and unprecedented. So if you want to protect your future, do what I did. Call the only precious metal dealers that I trust. American Hartford Gold. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your savings and retirement accounts by diversifying your portfolio with physical gold and silver. So get started with just one short phone call and they'll have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or inside your IRA or 401k. They're the highest rated firm in the country with an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau and thousands of satisfied clients. Call right now and you'll receive up to $1,500 of free silver on your first qualifying order. Don't wait. Call 866-887-1188. That's 866-887-1188 or text Dana to 998899. Protect your future with American Hartford Gold. 866-887-1188 or text Dana to 998899.
2: And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech.
0: This White House, this White Castle legit used to be down the street from my house when I lived in St. Louis, like literally right down the road from me. A man, according to KSDK, which is an NBC affiliate in St. Louis, says that. Well, he was threatening to blow up the St. Louis downtown White Castle, say police. A 46-year-old man told employees and customers that in addition to blowing up the restaurant, he was going to kill everybody else inside. I mean, like, as how big were you not make, planning to make the explosion? I mean, I just have questions. Uh, the guy's name is, is uh, Luke Cody, according to the uh, PD, St. Louis Metropolitan Police. He had a knife and lighter fluid, walked into the... Man, you're going to need more than that walking into a downtown restaurant. Come on. Like, geez. <laughs> he had a knife and lighter fluid, threatened to blow up the downtown St. Louis White Castle. It was about 10.50 a.m. And this was over the weekend. And he tried to barricade the restaurant doors with chairs and started pouring lighter fluid on the front counter. Uh, But and he could not successfully ignite both surfaces. And then he said he's going to kill himself and started making cutting motions on his arm, prompting customers to flee. Nobody knows if he injured himself. So they had the St. Louis Regional Bomb and Arson Unit. They responded and all kinds of stuff. He was charged with first degree attempted arson, first degree terrorist threat, unlawful use of a weapon. He's being held downtown uh, without bond. And it's the City Justice Center, a.k.a. the jail. I just can't believe that he got that far and nobody like... I mean, St. Louis is the home of the knockout game. You know, here's a guy who's a prime candidate. He's begging to play the game, right? Just saying. So, in addition, uh, Canada is proposing printing a warning label on every single cigarette. Yeah, they said they're mandating it. They want a graphic warning on every tobacco, everything it can. So, just do they really you know how expensive that probably is yeah a teenager sued facebook or aka meta after addictive instagram left her with an eating disorder maybe she can sue her parents next for allowing her to stay on instagram so long that she developed an eating disorder and she's a pretty girl i mean she's like really pretty it's just sad we have more to come don't go anywhere more of the dana show coming up after this it's getting hot outside, mostly from all the grills firing up. Summer grilling is upon us, and if you're looking for the perfect cuts to put on your grill this year, look no further than Good Ranchers. Good Ranchers is the place to get 100% American meat this summer. I love how easy it is to get all my favorite cuts of beef, chicken, and even seafood shipped right to my door. With meat prices higher than ever, Good Ranchers is giving you free steaks. That's right, free steaks. So right now, get two free 18-ounce prime center cut ribeyes with my code dana that's a 100 offer free to you visit goodranchers.com slash dana for over two pounds of free ribeye steaks added to your order at no cost to you this is a limited time deal so don't miss out on your free 18 ounce prime center cut ribeyes because i promise you they're not going to be around for long visit goodranchers.com slash dana and use code dana that's goodranchers.com slash dana code dana good ranchers american meat delivered
3: Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app, weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Rewatching that footage was, um, I think, just it, it was like bringing everything from that day back. Um, and so, you know, I think it was an incredibly evocative and, and physically resonant moment for many of us.
0: She wasn't even there, Karen. You weren't even there, girl. Jeez, that welcome back to the program, Dana Lash here with you. That's AOC, who tried to step to you last week and failed miserably. She wants to so badly make this about her. Like you she couldn't even see because of the tree line. She could even see the Capitol where everything was going on. I mean, you would have to cross like a busy four lane road to even get there. I mean, This is it's it's just it's asinine. Welcome back to the show. Happy Monday to you. And that's all the J6 that's going. I'm not going to talk about it except to make fun of it because it's stupid and I don't take it seriously at all whatsoever. I don't take any of this seriously. Do you remember? I don't know if we have this. I had tweeted it out. The do you remember when Kamala Harris had said that Trump was an illegitimate president? And I had tweeted it out. It came. It was like from from uh, two years ago. This was right before the election. And she had said that that Trump was an illegitimate, that it was an illegitimate election and he was an illegitimate president. She said it verbatim. Listen to this. Elections matter. When you win an election, you get to set the rules.
2: How can you win with Russian interference, though? That's, that's, a that's real what thing. I'm scared about you know, in but, 2020. But rightly. Because right. I think he's an illegitimate president that didn't really win. So how do you you know, fight against that in 2020? You are absolutely right. So... Again as a member of the Senate Intelligence Committee I will tell you that we should believe exactly what the intelligence community has told us which is Russia
3: did interfere in the election of the president of the United States in 2016
0: Do you remember when the they were hacked reportedly by Russians the DNC and they refused to allow the FBI to conduct a forensic yeah. audit of their servers Remember that I do Hey, what about Hillary Clinton? Do you think they've played that video of Kamala Harris? Or what about Hillary Clinton? I dropped that in Slack. What about Hillary Clinton when she said that the election was stolen? She said this everywhere she went. Remember this? Listen. The best campaign. You can even become the nominee. And you can have the election stolen from you. See? What about that? Are they going to play any of this audio? I'm just really curious. I mean, Those are both big lies. yeah, that was a big lie, wasn't it? Man. Hmm. Wasn't it? That was that was a big lie. It's just really amazing. That they're so selective in how they present this. Trump said that there was election fraud. And I know that there were, there were people who think that the election was stolen. I don't think that it was or wasn't. I have to have evidence. I just, I need evidence because it's a serious charge. Now, I know there's fraud. Oh, I'll argue with you all damn day on that. I had someone illegally registered to vote at my home address and I had to fight to get their vote removed. I had to fight to trash their vote, fight to trash their vote is what I had to do. And it's not, it's like ridiculous. I can't believe how much of a ridiculous process, process it is to do that, by the way. So I know there's fraud. The question is, was there enough to overcome an election? And the thing that complicated everything during that whole process was because of lockdown, all of the the security measures to protect the vote, uh, all of that was sort of dispensed away. It was all done away with because of the lockdown. So you didn't have signature matching and you didn't have like postmark, whatever. And there were like a number of things that made it difficult to determine whether or not that was a leg- like an actual someone's vote, someone wasn't cheating, and whether or not it actually was cast during the time that the election took place. Because in a couple of states, what they had done, and they were supposed to go through their state legislature as per their state constitution, and that's how they it, it, the states control the election, but there is a relationship between. The federal government in determining how to uh, I, I want to say uh, confirm or confirm that these are all not they're not, you know, it's not uh, fake votes. It's not, you know, people stuff in ballot boxes. And so there were a couple of states where it was really difficult to determine whether or not every single thing that was coming in was a legit vote because they had done away with all of their voting protections. And that's what, that's what people, and that's a very legitimate, that's a very legitimate point to make. But this idea that Democrats have that, oh, no one ever questioned an election before, ever. They, I have known Democrats to only do that. In 2000, in Florida, two words, hanging Chad. No, a gentleman named Chad was not hung. That's what they called Those little paper ballots. Kane, how often did we hear that everywhere? Oh, my gosh. One of my friends, I was in college. One of my friends went to a Halloween party legit as a hanging Chad. I am not kidding you. They went as a hanging Chad. They went. They had a piece of cardboard that they did. And it was sort of like, you know, the sandwich boards. So they went kind of like as a sandwich board. And they had their face in, and then the front of it and the back of it was supposed to look like a ballot. And then it had like a giant circle kind of hanging off. It was hysterical. I will never forget how they were, do you think this person meant to select this particular circle? And the forensic analysis that went into that, it was just unbelievable. But they said, oh no, Bush was an illegitimate president. That was an illegitimate election. They said it with Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton still says it about herself. Stacey Abrams has said that the election was stolen from her in Georgia. Yeah. I mean, never mind the fact that the turnout for Democrats was like two times under what the Republican turnout was in Georgia, but you know, there were, it was somehow magically stolen from her. No, it is, um, it's ridiculous. The whole thing is ridiculous. It's all ridiculous. And so, with this, I just, honestly, I can't take this seriously. That's why I can't, I'm not, I don't care about who they got up there. Chris Steyerwald, I've done election coverage with him. He was up there talking about stuff. They had Bill Barr up there talking about different things. Uh, I don't know. They just, it just was, it's odd. And it's weird that Liz Cheney's right next to that chair, isn't it? She's like one of the only, the other, why do they even have that little guy on there? Uh, Kinzinger, that guy. His eyes are real close together. Do you think if he, no, I'm not gonna say it. No, I'm gonna, let's move on. I was just gonna say they're very, just can he wear regular, like if he needs glasses? Or just like one? Do you like wear a shield? I'm just, I'm just saying. Alright, so, uh, <laughs> Yeah, nobody's, the TV ratings are gone. There's no TV ratings for this thing. I can't imagine anybody, at least it's not on prime time in the evening, right? So you can pretend it doesn't exist while you're away actually working for the day, you know? So DC's on edge. The abortion case that Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health is supposed to be announced very soon. And the FBI has said, no mess. We ain't going to tolerate no violence. I mean, unless you're anti for a BLN then it's totally fine. I mean, they didn't say it like that quote, but, you know, for the most part, they're ramping up security. They've added overtime shifts. Uh, They've had um, near daily calls with law enforcement. Oh, yeah. The left will get super violent about this stuff. I mean, think about it. You've had how many different pro-life centers attacked and set on fire and vandalized. But they don't really. That's just over like the past week that this has happened. Our past two weeks. There was a a pregnancy center in Gresham, Oregon that got firebombed over the weekend. That's a domestic terror incident. There were a couple of other uh, pro-life or uh, pregnancy centers that were also firebombed just in the past couple of weeks. So no coverage of that because I guess that doesn't go into a narrative, doesn't support a narrative. But they're increasing security and... Apparently, you know everything is everything. A lot of stuff happens in June, so we'll see. Justin Trudeau apparently has also announced. Uh, he announced this morning, actually just a little bit ago, that he's tested again positive for the COVID. He got COVID again. He's how many jabs and boosters has he gotten? All of them. He got it tons of times, the corona, and he says he has it again. Because I feel okay because I got my shots So your shots were just a therapeutic then Because if you were actually truly vaccinated Then you wouldn't be catching this damn thing all the time So apparently you're not You don't have an immunization and That's Golly I'm so glad that they have dismissed The Requirement that you have to test Negative to get back in Especially now since it's I mean it's endemic and it is so incredibly mild. I mean obviously people who have uh, different you know health situations if you have a comorbidity, then stay home if you're if it's so dangerous that you can't even go out then then don't go out but that's just the way it is. But it's selfish if you if no one else at the whole entire world doesn't want to stay home. But it's not selfish to want the entire world to stay home. Do you know what I mean? Do you understand why does that a one way street? No, stop for a second. Why was that always a one way way street? If you have a comorbidity, then everybody else has to has to stay home or wear masks or get jabs, get injections. That's it's selfish if they don't want to get injections or have their face covered twenty four seven. That's, if they don't want to do that, that's selfish. But if you demand that they do, so you feel comfortable going out, that's not selfish. Odd. Odd things. We have more to come. Uh, And we also, we're, only if there's a fist fight that breaks out, am I going to really actually take anything live from the J6 thing. Because I just, I don't care. I uh, don't and care. I don't. I think it's all, it's, it's. Fruity. It's all just, it's all fruity. I, I don't care about any of it. No. So only if a fist fight breaks out, am I going to actually dive into this? I'm not going to treat it as anything other than the Kabuki theater it is. So we have uh, a lot more economic headlines, law and order, and uh, the latest on where the gun control package is in the Senate. As we get moving on, I've talked a lot about the Caltech KSG shotgun over the years, and it's no secret how much I love it. It's become the go-to shotgun for law enforcement and home defense, and for a really good reason. Uh, But why am I such a huge fan of the Kel-Tec KSG? Well, like everything that Kel-Tec invents, it created an entirely new class of shotgun. And the one that started it all is the KSG shotgun. It's the first 12-gauge pump-action shotgun chambered for 3-inch shells. And with its dual tube mags, offers a capacity of 12 plus 1. So that's 6 rounds in each tube, plus 1 chambered.
3: Of all your favorite talk hosts, one of these is not like the others. The Dana Show.
0: So I just saw this from 538. For the first time in 538's recorded, you know, all recording of approval ratings, Biden has broken, dropped below 40% for the first time for 538. Now we know the RCP average, he's are What did I say? That was 3738. It's 3738. Let me look. I'll pull it up right here. Yeah, so it's already happened with the RCP average. And in fact, there were a couple of very progressive uh, polls that had him under 40, which is actually kind of shy. A Politico poll had him at 39. And that was just uh, June 4th through the 5th. That, I mean, that was, oh man. And then I forgot Quinnipiac, which is totally not a conservative entity, had him at 35. That's insane. His, his average is 39. So for the first time ever, now 538 has him below 40% approval. That's crazy. Whew. I am like just, whew, but telling you. And then another headline. Italy's boosted April's crude imports from Russia to a 30-month high. Italy is not paying attention to what everybody else is doing with Russia and oil. I feel like... Because I I really want to go to Italy and I want to eat my way through the southern part of that beautiful country. But I just feel like if you're helping Russia, maybe I don't want to. You know? Like... mm why why are they cuz there's a lot of uh they have a lot of the imports they have unlike some other some other european nations they have not ceased a number of other imports i don't know why they're doing that oh but yeah the under under 40% for 538 for the first time ever that's pretty unbelievable so now you can see do you do you see now why it's 39.7 that's what they have in what gets me is that 538's average is lower even than RCPs at. Well, no, I take that back. RCPs is 39.3. There's is 39.7. Not like that's not a huge sticking point, but for me, I'm all about details. I just think that's amazing. Now you can see why they're doing this whole on nonstop hearing J6 garbage. Now you see. It really is something else. That's why they're trying to make every, everything about, they're trying to turn every issue, trying to make it to where it's, oh, it's climate change and gun control. That's really what, but that's not what people prioritize. It really isn't. Meanwhile, have you noticed no one's been asking anything really of Uvalde? Texas police apparently want Uvalde's body cam footage suppressed. This is what one headline is. I don't know if I believe in it. It's from Vice Vice gets a little crazy, but this headline doesn't help, and it doesn't help when you have a less-than-transparent, you know, Pete and Dondo and others down there. Doesn't help. Doesn't help at all. Man. So, that's... How long are we supposed to have these stupid hearings? Do we know? I mean, this... Uh no, I, I just I'm curious. Do we know? I don't think we do.
2: As long as it takes for them to feel as though they've made the appropriate impact that they wanted to politically.
0: He is underwater in forty-eight states. A civics poll. I'm just like going down the list of polling here. This is civic, this is not a right leaning entity. Jiminy Christmas. And he is so Underwater. Oh, boy. He's at 33 in this poll from Civics. This is his lowest approval in any poll ever. It's also his highest disapproval at 56. And you can... it's And I like it. It is interactive. And you can absolutely watch it drop. I mean, really, it it actually kind of started... Right. I mean, in May really of last year, it was sort of static uh, because he immediately started dropping off February right after his election. I mean, he just started dropping off and the American Rescue Plan didn't give him any kind of a bump. And when things really went downhill was in May of 2021. And he never, ever got another peak ever. I mean, it is just at an all-time low. Of course it is. So coming up, we've got a whole bunch still to get into. They're trying to fear monger over monkey pox. No one cares. We've got some GOP stuff, the latest with the Senate gun control package and more. Stick with us. Old routines die hard, like those multiple cups of coffee and sugary energy drinks to stay alert. Well, I discovered a healthier way to get the sustained energy I need without all the caffeine and sugar. Super Beats Heart Chews. I just unwrap a chew or two in the morning and let Super Beats Heart Chews do the rest. I feel great about what I'm doing for my health. Join me in the new way to start your day with Super Beats Heart Shoes. I challenge you to try it for 30 days and give them your feedback. No more afternoon coffees, energy drinks, and candy for a quick pick-me-up. I've been taking Super Beats Heart Shoes for years, and it's an easy and convenient on-the-go boost to your overall health and energy. Make Super Beats choose an essential part of your busy day. To make it easy to get started, I got you up to 45% off plus free shipping at danasbeats.com. Hurry, it's their best offer available anywhere. That's danasbeats.com for up to 45% off. danasbeats.com
1: Well, I think that um, it all kind of starts from the bottom up, but then we definitely need um, help from the top down as well whether that's um, looking at lifting or reallocating you know, budgets to, to increase the uh, security measures that are at these schools right now, or whether it's, um, you know, seeking third parties to go and do a security assessment. A lot of these things are going to come down from state funding levels, uh, federal funding, and that is that we need to help on both ends.
0: So that is one of the fathers who said he was going to stand guard there outside of his child's school following Uvalde. And said, yeah, you need to increase school security, which makes sense. Not apparently what I just don't see. That's the Senate focusing a lot on that. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you. I've written about this. We talked about it last hour as well. While you have this ridiculous partisan you know theater that is happening right now in D.C., we have this situation where you have the Senate is trying to determine how much of the second amendment is going to be abridged and you're not privy to any of those discussions, nor are you privy nor are you able to uh, get in there and lobby any of your senators. So the details, nothing has been set to text just yet. This is just the framework. So it's just the principles upon which they're agreeing to, and they've released the framework. They said the proposal includes support for states, state crisis intervention orders. Now, this is where you need to immediately be wary. Provides resources to states, uh, et cetera, to create and administer laws that help ensure deadly weapons are kept out of the hands of individuals whom a court is determined to be a significant danger to themselves or others consistent with state and federal due process and constitutional protections. Okay, really? What does that mean? Because consistent with with state and and federal due process and constitutional protections – are they going to say, well, look, all these other states have adopted red flag laws. And so that's that's what we're saying. It's, it works fine. Because the other states' red flag laws, um, a third of them are issued wrongly. There's no uh, evidentiary. You know, there's no universal evidentiary standard. Uh, there's no imminent. I mean, in, in some states, imminent threat's not even required. I mean, there's a lot of issues. There's a lot of issues. And it is... It's just a removal of due process. None of these lawmakers can explain to me what in our current framework makes it to where a removal of due process is required in order to deal with this issue. Because as we have seen in Parkland, it wasn't an issue of reporting because that killer was reported a million times and he had 39 visits from law enforcement. I mean, he was... Sending death threats via the Internet, which is a felony by their state standards. Nothing was done because Robert Runcie, who, by the way, was put on some national school safety task force. I don't know if you knew that. That was a fun headline. But he wanted to make it look like he was reducing this whole school to prison pipeline. And so as a result, he just his his method of reducing that was to just not report criminal activity, even you know, some serious felony criminal activity. And so I want to ask, i I, I want to know what, what do you mean? What do process protections, what do you, what does what does due process mean to you? What is this going to look like for people? How are you ensuring that the how you how do you ensure that this is protected? What is it what does it change? I mean, because when you have a, a system of laws, many of which have been established for as long as i have been alive and some in the nineties. When you, have an, a, an established, when you have a system of laws that you are just not enforcing, how, why then does the burden have to pass to the innocent with a red flag type proposal? I'm just, I, I have a million questions on this. And that's, I mean, it's, these are all legitimate concerns that people have. I mean, think about this for a moment. I want you to all remember Brett Kavanaugh, sitting before the Senate Judiciary Committee. And I want you to remember all of the false accusations that were leveled at him. That he was a gang rapist. That he raped Christine Blasey Ford. That he did all of these things that none of his accusers could Actually, substantiate with evidence, nor could they produce any witnesses or anyone even familiar with their presence at such events where something like that could have taken place. They maliciously accused him of something incredibly heinous because of his ideological views. These are the same people. That would run and tell the manager if you didn't have a face mask on and a target. These are the same people that accused you of killing people if you didn't get an an injection. That was a therapeutic and not actually something that provided any kind of immunity to a virus. This is the same government that told you two weeks to slow the spread and that it wasn't political. Do you expect any of these people or this system of government at all whatsoever to not abuse red flag when the very design of such a law supports such abuse? That's the million dollar question. What in our current legal framework needs a diminished due process. And that's, no one, none of these lawmakers can answer this. This also includes, they said, a national expansion of community behavioral health center model, major investments to increase access to mental health and suicide prevention programs, other support services, including crisis and trauma intervention and recovery. They also want funding for school-based mental health and supportive services, early identification and intervention programs, and school-based mental health and wraparound services. Well, here's my main problem with some of this stuff. I Well, first, I think we all need more particulars, but... I mean, how many stories have I just read this weekend about Drag Queen Story Hour? How many headlines have I shared with you about schools that allow students, and they actually talk with students and kind of encourage students in some of these stories to change their gender without their parents' knowledge. Or what about the schools like Loudoun County where a girl was raped in a bathroom by a male student who identified as a female and instead of punishing him, they punished the dad because he was livid at that his daughter had been violated and the school's response was just to shuffle off the offender to a different school where he then sexually assaulted another female. I think we need early intervention programs for some of these administrators at schools. Funding for school safety resources. Now, this is where I want more more of a, I really I mean this is where I think we need more of a focus because it was a locked door in Uvalde Notice how nobody in the media talks is talking at all about the attempted school shooting that took place in Alabama last week. A guy got over got over the fence and got into the school, got into the school property, onto the school property. He tried opening the doors, but they were locked and responding officers were on him in like two minutes. That's what happens when you have locked doors and responsive officers. No one wants to talk about that, though, because it undermines their narrative. They want everything that has to do with nothing that actually worked in Alabama. So the school safety resources, they want to invest in programs to help institute safety measures in and around primary and secondary school support, school violence prevention efforts and training to school personnel and students. What about SROs? Nothing in this about SROs. Nothing in this about security infrastructure either. They just said safety measures, no security infrastructure. They have clarification of definition of federally licensed firearms dealer. Quote, cracks down on criminals who illegally evade licensing requirements. Great job, geniuses. This is already a federal law. They said penalties for straw purchasing. Cracks down on criminals who illegally straw purchase traffic guns. Great job, geniuses. This is already established federal law once again. They're they're literally they're they're proposing things that are already law. It's weird. In the house, I was looking this. So in the house, they passed over the weekend a bill that would ban the manufacturing or selling privately made firearms without serial numbers. Great, great job, geniuses. That's already been established federal law. In fact, it was an addendum to the Gun Control Act of 1968, approximately 18 USC 922k. If you're going to sell a firearm that you made, it has to be serialized. They're trying to go after what they call ghost guns because they believe that gangbangers are using very expensive milling, They're using very expensive equipment uh, to mill out chunks of aluminum in their well-equipped garages, and then apparently. You know, which, by the way, disputes is disputed by not one, but two, actually three surveys, two from the DOJ, one from the CDC, actually four. The other one from Corp, which is, you know, totally a conservative bastion of, you know, right slanted thinking uh, that said that 77 to 79 percent of all criminals obtain their firearms from the black market. They're not making them at home. The Sandy Hook killer stole his mom's guns. You know, the Sandy Hook killer, they have a waiting period in Connecticut. And the Sandy Hook killer, because he was so hell-bent on carrying out mass carnage, he went to a federal firearms licensee, he went to a gun store, and he tried to buy a, a rifle. And they said, oh, it's a 14-day waiting period. Well, he didn't want to wait. So he just went and stole his, mom gun, his, his mom's guns and did it. I mean, I have so many stories. Do you realize that if the laws would have been, in fact, a bit, if the laws would have been enforced, uh, Gabby Giffords, that whole situation in Tucson, Arizona, that would have never happened. Virginia Tech would have never happened. Sandy Hook would have never happened. Parkland would have never happened. Uvalde would not have happened. The framework is there. It's just not being enforced. And they're trying to seize up on the lack of enforcement and claim that it's an absence of law and not an absence of enforcement. And use that as justification for passing the burden onto you. The inaction of the authorities that they've appointed to protect you, even in instances where they deny you the ability to protect yourself. They want to pass that burden on to you and demand that you give up your rights for security that they can't provide. Free speech, religious liberty, the Second Amendment. Across the country, your constitutional rights are under constant attack, and it's only getting worse by the day, which is why I'm proud to support Patriot Mobile. They're not just America's only Christian conservative cell phone provider. They're one of the few companies fighting back. They offer the same nationwide coverage as the major carriers, so you get the same great service plus the peace of mind that your money is combating. The left's attempt to silence you. Patriot Mobile has plans to fit any budget and their 100% U.S.-based customer support team provides exceptional customer service. Patriot Mobile shares your values and supports organizations fighting for religious freedom, constitutional rights, sanctity of life, our veteran and first responder heroes. Visit PatriotMobile.com Dana or call 972-PATRIOT and get free activation with offer code Dana. Veterans and first responders save even more, so switch today. Between the left, the media, and rhinos, we need to stick together. PatriotMobile.com Dana or call 972-PATRIOT.
2: And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five brought to you by Caltech.
0: All right, so a few things here. And I just saw, uh, apparently the House, they just they they blocked for the third time a bill to provide Supreme Court justices with additional security right now. This even after the FBI says that they're anticipating violence in the wake of the uh, Dobbs versus Jackson women's health ruling that's on the abortion situation. So uh, we'll follow that and let you know how that all turns out. But I'm just saying, for the third time they've done this, New York has decided that they're already going to send out another tax rebate early. They are looking at this, the eligibility rate they've started, residents have to be eligible for the school tax relief star program or you know what, instead of doing all this just not have income taxes there's a thought there's a thought Uh, oh interesting, yeah, they have the shutdown DC protest group, they're planning to blockade the supreme court on day of possible abortion ruling Uh, these are the people who have also targeted uh, Brett Kavanaugh's house and Justice Amy Coney Barrett's home as well so, just saying, this is maybe they need a little bit extra security. Justin Bieber reveals that he has what they think is temporary par- uh, or par- paralysis, not paralysis of his face uh, by a rare virus called the ramsey Hunt syndrome they he said he he took to instagram because he apparently postponed a bunch of tour dates and he has a syndrome called ramsey hunt and it's it affects his face he has a, a some facial paralysis like his eyes his one of his eyes won't blink and uh he can't like move his nose and there's there's other stuff happening so that's very interesting and it's actually more common than you might think it is will smith is apparently plotting his big return Without an apology, really? He's 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 plotting to return to film, even though I think he's kind of been on the outs with a lot of Hollywood after that slap. There's a movie that he's doing. He's reprising, the, you know the movie, the, oh gosh, what was the zombie movie? Hang on. Oh, I Am Legend. So I Am Legend, apparently they're going to do a sequel to that. And he's kind of hoping that that brings him back. This is according to The Sun. And they're saying that they haven't signed off on a script yet, but the concept features Smith and uh, it's working with Warner Brothers Studios, etc. They're not blocking his return, but that's apparently in the works to use that as sort of a, a comeback, leverage for comeback. And Death Valley has already exceeded 120 degrees, breaking daily high records. We were, Texas, we were at 111 just over Saturday. It's been horrible. Uh, They said that temperatures have been on the rise for most of the southwestern United States. Residents have been sweltering. AccuWeather forecasters say it's going to continue for much much, much of the rest of the week. But yeah, Death Valley. Of course, that's why it's called Death Valley. Just an FYI. And apparently monkeypox cases are doubling there it is no it is not an airborne respiratory virus it's essentially an std so if people would stop having just you know random prom, you know stop behaving promiscuously then maybe this wouldn't be such an issue because nobody's going to be wearing a mask on their face when that is not the part of the body that's the problem stick with us we got a lot more in store more of the program back after this quick break Texas Congressman Brian Babin
1: joins me to discuss the massive caravan heading to our already overwhelmed southern
0: border. I'm Sarah Carter on the latest Sarah Carter Show. Babin explains why President Biden is the best friend of the drug cartels and how his policies are getting lots of Americans killed by fentanyl and other drugs. Don't miss it. Follow the Sarah Carter Show at Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Politics, pop culture, and whatever else gets canceled, tossed in a blender, paid for by sponsored hate mail. It's the Dana Show.
2: Have you decided, sir, whether to go to Saudi Arabia?
1: No, not yet. What would be uh, holding up the decision at this point? Are there commitments you're waiting for from the Saudis or on the negotiations over peace? No, no. The commitments from the Saudis don't relate to anything having to do with energy. It happens to be a large meeting taking place in Saudi Arabia. That's the reason I'm going. And it has to do with national security for them, for Israelis.
0: I have a program. Um, Are we all confused? That was the president. Welcome back to the program. That was the president. He's going, but not, but yes, to Saudi Arabia. Well, I am, I feel... I feel like it's all completely clear now. What about you? Oh, right? Sure. Yeah, there you go. I feel like it's totally—it's all clear. It's all we all can understand it. There you go. Where's he? Um, he had one tweet about all the gun control stuff that was happening, and that was about it. He had like one tweet about it, and then nothing else. I guess just gonna let the just Senate handle all of it, right? Mm. I have a couple of things that I want to get into because we've been discussing this gun control package uh, that the Senate's reached a deal on. And I do think it's weird how you have 10 Republican senators, 10 Democrats, four of the five Republican senators that are backing the deal are retiring. And none of the other senators are facing reelection this November. I'm just saying it's a little odd that all of them are untouchable. With the gun... They're untouchable by their own base. Notice that. It's not so much the left that it seems that they're concerned about. It's their own base. They don't want to, I guess, be... Well, because they would... I mean, voters would remember that. And that's not something that voters forgive. So... Is it going to be enough, though? Is it, I don't know if there would be enough space if they were to pass something like this, if there's enough space there that the rest of the Republican Party wouldn't be punished for the actions of these senators. I mean, that's a very real thing especially I mean to consider. It's, uh, Demo- and I will say Democrats are limited in how much they can push for with this because if they're able to get 10 senators to sign on to this... Then and that, by the way, what a shame that Senator Roy Blunt, one of his last moves as a sitting senator would be to I mean, I'm and I'm just going by the framework. If they have red flag and they have this other stuff, that's a betrayal of voters. And that's just a real shame that that's how Roy Blunt, he would want to cement his legacy as an elected official by betraying voters. Just saying, I know him. I so I personally know him We're both from Southern Missouri. So but it is what it is. I'm not in this to be friends with nobody. Not in this. You want to hear a sidebar story? Okay. You want a fun sidebar? This is how much I am not in this to be friends. So back in, I want to say 2011 maybe, 2010, 2011, before when we were doing the tea party in St. Louis and there was a huge event that we put on at the Arch and thousands of people came out to this. It was crazy. It was packed. And we had barred lawmakers from speaking. Like lawmakers always wanted to come and speak. And we're like, no, no, no. You should want to come and hear. There was one lawmaker who got real mad at me because I outed her. She demanded to come and speak at one previous event. And we said, no, you can come and listen. Because we would feature just like average everyday people who were coming up and telling, you know, how they were affected business owners, how they were affected too big to fail and all this other stuff and the bailouts and everything else and uh, was this one this one lawmaker refused to come and instead decided to go to a smaller event where they were going to let her speak and I mentioned that on air and this is back when I was just local in St. Louis oh my gosh she was so mad at me so anyway Senator Blunt at one point he was able to get on stage and somehow got a microphone and, and made a speech at this thing and I like him and his his folks were like one of the people that he works with. He and I are friends now. But man, I was reading the riot act to some people after that and during because I was right there on the side of the stage. So because that's because not cool. We were not. That was the lawmakers were supposed to listen to people who were lobbying them, essentially, not the other way around. It would, we don't need no speeches on electioneering or anything like that. And I went to war on this guy uh, for quite some time. Because I just, I didn't like that he he supported some of the, as a member of the House at the time, I didn't like that he had supported some of the big government stuff, No Child Left Behind, the Medicare, all this stuff. And um, I guess to try to offer an olive branch, they were like, well, would you like to, you know, the, the congressman would like to get lunch uh, at some point, just talk out our issues. And I'm like, I'm totally open to talking out issues, but, you know, I need you to understand I'm not in this to be friends with people. I am not in this to be a consultant. I'm not in this to try to grift and you know, get some get some money on the back. I'm not in to do that. You know, I do radio and I have I I meet my own financial ends just fine without having to do all that stuff. And it was funny because, you know, we sat there and it was a very he was very nice, but I could tell he was he i it i just always i was talking to another friend of mine about this who was a tea partyer out in virginia we always felt as though we were sort of the unruly kids that these lawmakers that's how they viewed it we felt that they viewed us this way that we were these unruly kids simply because we were just saying can you just do your basic job and represent our interests and don't go beyond that and i just kind of got that impression again we were sitting down having lunch and the congressman was was saying, well, you know, you understand that. I'm like, yes, I do understand. I don't need this explained to me. I just disagree with you. There's no way that you're going to alter the presentation of facts in any way that is going to prevail upon me any sort of agreement here. Not going to happen. So, you know, we always, it was civil after that. But I, now he's in the Senate, and I just really, I'm just, because he's retiring this year, and that's why there's this big Senate race in Missouri, and you have the AG, Eric Schmidt, who's running, and a bunch of other... I know that there's some other people. Some of them are very, very nice. I just don't think that they have the name recognition or the momentum to hold the seat against... Because what do they got? Uh, <laughs> the irony of ironies. Uh, it's a B-U-S-C-H, but it's a Bush. Uh, the Beer Bush. Uh, Trudy Bush, who's running against... Who's going to be the Dem nominee. And then they have the former governor, uh, Eric Greitens, who was a Democrat barre- all the way up until 2016 and who banned guns in the Capitol and uh, used verbatim. I actually took the transcript of his speech and I put a screenshot on Twitter of the language that Moms Demand used to describe the Missouri Missouri Second Amendment Preservation Act. They are the same. He literally used Moms Demand language to attack the Second Amendment protections for gun owners in Missouri. And then he refused to support constitutional carry so this guy think, we don't need any of that in the senate we already got an as in the senate we don't need and he's desperately greetings is desperately trying to get trump's nomination or trump's endorsement desperate for it like he's got steve bannon working with him in the background they hate me um and uh, i've known steve for 15 years they, and they they've been they're desperately trying to do it and i i'm hearing that there's hesitation because greitens is a mess And it wasn't a sham that went against him. The Republican, it was a Republican supermajority in the state legislature and the Republican special committee that was convened to look over the evidence, looked at the same evidence that Kim Gardner, the Soros backed uh, prosecutor in St. Louis looked at. And the uh, special committee, the Republican special committee legislature, they came to they were actually going to impeach him based on the evidence they looked at. And these are hardcore, like grassroots people. A lot of them in there because Tea Partiers elected a lot of grassroots people in Missouri. And then the Greens camp was saying that, well, Kim Gardner says she's she's a she is a corrupt DA, which she is. But that is completely separate from the fact that a whole other entity looked at the exact same evidence and talked to the sa- exact same witnesses, and they were going to impeach the guy. So he cut a deal with Gardner that he would leave office to avoid impeachment. That's not innocence. That's I cut a deal so I could save my eight double snakes. And then he tried to say that he was targeted the same way Trump was. No, Trump was legit targeted. You legit shot yourself in the foot with a gun that you wanted to ban from the Capitol. So, no, not the same thing. Anyway, long story short, the Senate is, is I'm nervous about. If you can get 10 Republicans in the Senate to sign on to something like this, you you beat the filibuster, you beat the threshold and you can get it passed. That's why we need to see the details. we got to have the details on this. Absolutely. And so, oh, by the way, uh, Biden, as I see, he um, just. Uh, oh, 15 minutes ago, he just uh, walked in for work today, Kane. Wow. He was at a had a nice beach weekend in Delaware he's on track to have more vacations than any other president in history. Did you guys know that? It's a real thing. Wow. He showed up for work today. Just, I mean, literally just now. It just came out. I'm looking at the video of him uh, strolling into work. Look at 15 minutes ago. What What time did normal people report for work? Uh, morning? I mean, I work from you know a home studio but my day gets started when school is in session and we got kid stuff going on my day starts at like i mean literally starts at like 7 seven fifteen, and then otherwise it's 8 8 15 but and but i also work really late too can you imagine walking in four hours late to work
2: and he'll probably call a lid in about an hour
0: Dude right he's going to can you imagine Walking into work four hours late Oh my gosh why even Normally If he was a Oh I don't know sharper More sentient I don't know Politician I would be happy that he's Not in at work Because then that that means that he's Prevented from being crazy right and doing Stupid stuff but it doesn't matter if he's there or not because he's not really making the decisions. Just saying. Yeah. Just, he just legit. If you're watching the simulcast of the radio show via the first, Juan's showing you the footage. It was just a fit. That was like 15, 20 minutes ago, just now. Strolling into work. Can you imagine? This is the private sector? Dude, right? Yeah. If he was working a regular job, dude, be fired. Dude would be fired. Just, you know, just gonna. Come in for my beach weekend in Delaware.
3: The Dana Show, sponsored by 30 years of game-changing Caltech innovation, like the P50, a new breed of pistol. Innovation. Performance. Caltech.
2: It's his life mission to make bad decisions. It's time for Florida Man.
0: Oh, boy. A uh, Florida man driving his motor home crashed into a mobile home at a Florida RV park. Luckily, nobody was injured. Highlands County Sheriff said a propane link required the evacuation of nearby homes, but it was fixed. and everybody's allowed to re- return back. And no big deal. There's, you know, nobody was... I I can't believe it's not a... a that just seems kind of perfect storm, a uh, lot of things. Uh, let's see there's also uh, Pull this up I have A few things in here uh, Also we have This <laughs> I don't know how to say, I don't know how to <sighs> I always get nervous about people Who share how they Drive and what they're doing in their car On social media I do think this is cool there's a Florida woman you gotta say Florida woman uh, named Emily Rowdy from Rally Rowdy, Rowdy from Bradenton and she drives an SUV she drives with her feet she uh, does not have arms and I've seen this woman drives better with her feet than most adult women walk in heels and I gotta say I do get nervous when people start doing the social media in their car I don't care if they have five arms or none I just do get a little nervous, but I do think that that's a very, very cool thing. Uh, also, let's see. I can't say a share this story that was sent to me by Jackson from Tampa, Florida. Can't share that one. I mean, it's hysterical, but I mean, may, here, maybe I could give it to Kane. What is going on with here? Kane, you can you can tell you can tell me if you want to read that. Uh, I know. Oh, good God. Uh, yeah. see. No. I'm just saying.
2: I mean, can you think of a delicate way No, there's
0: no way to share this story in any way that is remotely... I
2: couldn't even imagine being the reporter that wrote this up.
0: I'm going to move on. Thank you. It's so bad. So, a Florida man with 14 felony convictions tells deputies that he likes to beat up cops and kill them. Oh, great. Bradford County, his name's Willie Jackson. He's a 14-time convicted felon. He got pulled over for a traffic violation and he forgot to hide the drugs in his car and he had apparently heroin just right out there in his car heroin and the heroin using stuff all right that apparently in the seat of his car didn't even care to hide it and um so yeah he while he was he was apparently on camera and he was running in his mouth they only have stills from the the body cam footage but you know they just arrested him he didn't you know he he refused to exit his car and rolled up the window initially Um, they had to remove him from his vehicle and they, uh, and then when he, after he got out, then he was talking to him, uh, and the body cam footage, they have the body cam footage of that, but he was arrested, charged with trafficking in heroin, trafficking in controlled substance, possession of cocaine, possession of drug paraphernalia, possession of all these things and, uh, resisting, uh, an officer without violence. And he's, oh, and felony possession of a controlled substance while in control of a motor vehicle also. He's in Broward County Jail on $120,000 bond, that he's not going to make. So there you go. Oh boy, I really do want to share that one with you because it was sort of a quiet weekend for Florida man. I would imagine. I put a this safe is gonna...
2: one in there right before your link there.
0: Yeah, that's it's a safe one. So a Florida man asked for a ride home with drugs in his pocket. I was I saw this. Kane had found this, and I was going to add this in here. Pinellas County, Florida. He asked for a ride home early Thursday morning forgot to take all the drugs out of his pocket. When, and then he just, very conveniently, it was like, you know, ride, ride to jail. Jail ride, free jail ride. Stick with us, we've got more in store.
1: And there are debates. And we have a, a, a culture where the difference is guns can be used for hunting or for sport shooting in Canada, and there's lots of gun owners, and they're mostly law-respecting and, and law-abiding. But you can't use a gun for self-protection in mm-hmm. Canada. That's not a right that you have either in the Constitution or anywhere else. If you mm. try and buy a gun and you say it's for self-protection, no, you don't get that. You get it for hunting. You can get it for sport shooting. You can take it to the range, uh, no problem. But your life you isn't go through our isn't, isn't, isn't
0: that important. But, I mean, it's hunting is more important than your life. So Justin Trudeau just said, "Well, you know," and and of course because they don't, Canada doesn't have a they don't have a Second Amendment. Welcome back to the program, Dana Lash here with you. Yeah, good to, um, he, that's why, they're, that's why they're Canada and not the United States. They don't have that there. All right, so this is what Democrats want to focus on. I tell you, they're insistent. And, and the uh, gun control package that I wrote about, or at least the framework of it, John Cornyn, Senator John Cornyn is going to be on with us Wednesday to discuss this. And we've got some questions. I wrote about that up a chapter and verse and we'll see the, I mean, I, I've just, we all have a lot of questions. We all have a lot of questions. Here's the other thing, the red flag law and the, the waiting period so that they can unseal the records for 18 to 21 year olds who apparently, who have uh, violent criminal felonies. I just think if you have a violent criminal felony and you're 17 years old, I just think that that's something that already should be added. That's me. I mean, that's way different. I Some people out there say, well, it's, Dana, there's a difference between this and, uh, you know, there's there's teenagers that do a lot of dumb stuff. Yeah, there's dumb kids stuff. You know, they're saying stupid stuff online and then there's literally taking live cats in a bag and beating them on the pavement until they're a bloody pulpy meat mess inside the sack and then videotaping it and yourself laughing about it and holding it, holding it up. That happened. There's a difference between, and that was Uvalde killer. There's a difference between uh, doing some dumb kid stuff and then uh, taking a gun and pointing it to a classmate's head, and then no one ever doing anything about it, like the Parkland killer. That's what he did. So, and that was before he uh, knocked teeth out of his mom's head. So, big difference. The other thing they talk about, uh, the what they say is the boyfriend loophole it's which is a repeat of the Lautenberg amendment it's also known as the domestic violence offender gun ban and it bars anybody convicted of domestic abuse from legal purchase or carry and it's the boyfriend loophole is a term that gun control lobbyists use because they want to change the definition of intimate partner to be dating partner and include any current or ex partner in any kind of relationship, sexual or non-sexual, it is a huge expansion of government power with a lot of vagary. That is, there's no checks on legal abuse, and it sets. I mean, the the design of that. I mean, it's it's perfect for abuse to abuse that ability. That that's you know, good heavens. So that's what they call because otherwise, domestic uh, offenders are prohibited. That's what it is. Well, when I get any new information on it, I'll share it with you. But this is just the principles that they're agreeing to within this framework that they've announced. So hopefully we'll get a little bit more insight on this. There's a headline from CNN and they say that Biden, the the discussion and all of the chatter and whispering around him not running again in 2024, weakens his ability to govern. And he's upset about it because it makes him look weak. It limits his influence, diminishes his effectiveness. Hmm. Well, I mean, I would think that that is the fact that he is completely addled. uh, And also his policies are being horrific. I think that that probably does more than anything else, really. But they say, oh, well, that's. It's uh, it's he's this whispering that he's not ready, that he can't govern. I mean, uh, is is just limiting his it's weakening his ability to govern. And they don't really have a clear person to step in. Democrats don't have anybody. Republicans have a few people on the bench. But other than that, they don't really have any. They don't really have anybody. Uh, they just they just don't. One of the things if I was a Democrat, what I would do is I would harp on the uh, J6 stuff and use the Republicans testifying as ways to draw further lines within to try to further divine, uh, divide all of the, the people on the right. I would, I would try to hype that as much as possible. And then I would try to push any kind of wedge between Trump and any or all potential frontrunners for 2024. And try to draw them into a fight. I see the media trying so hard. To start a war. Between Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump. It is wild. They are trying so hard. They desperately want there to be a a war. Because. Whoever would emerge. I mean if DeSantis. They would they would want to see a Because DeSantis would be a formidable candidate. And they would love to see him all beaten up and, you know, coming out of a a Republican primary. I'm just saying that's this is what they're wanting to have happen. They are wanting to have this happen. And thankfully, I don't think a lot of people on the right have bought into it. But that's I mean, right now, anyway, that could change. I know, Kane, you see it, too. It's I mean, it's there. I saw like a couple of other pieces they were saying that, uh, oh, Casey DeSantis, uh, Governor DeSantis's wife, wants him to run. They don't want him to wait. They don't know what another, you know, uh, another four years of that may look like. You know, may- maybe the tides change, which is true. I mean, you have, you, you know, you have like one opening really to kind of run. And uh, like Biden, the fact that, I mean, I think really his shot before his brain was applesauce probably was wow. before Hillary Clinton. Right. But she was hell bent on running. She was they she was going to run. It was gonna happen. She was gonna make it happen. And then twice. Insane. But the press trying to bait this battle. I was reading this piece. I think it was I'm gonna pull it up. I was reading this piece so they were talking about whether or not he's going to start kind of putting that together. I see some I see some of the organization and some of the movement. They want him to run for they want him to run for president. It was a Washington Post piece. They're looking at all these all the people, the primary name checks is who they're looking at. They're looking at all the same people. They because there were two straw polls that took place just in the past month, I think, at big conservative events. One was the Western Conservative summit. They've had a couple of these straw polls and DeSantis had really performed really well in those. And they said that, you know, DeSantis hasn't really indicated what what he's totally going to do. Uh, But I do. I think that the DeSantis would be I think they're a powerhouse couple. She's got media training. She's worked in television. She's worked in in, and politics. She understands the nature of the game. I think that they would be an absolute powerhouse. So we'll see. Not that Melania Trump wasn't, but Melania Trump was very much. She, I think she was also so abused by the press. It's like, what are you going to say? Like, what, is there anything that you can't, there's nothing that she can say. There's nothing that she can do. I mean, here she spoke, how many languages does she speak? Like six languages. And they made fun of her for having an accent. You know, those people on the left who aren't racist, apparently made fun of her for having an accent. They would mock it on television. If they did this any other time, they'd be, you know, if a Republican did that, they'd say the Republican was being jingoistic or racist or something like that. But um, she... I think she really was treated so horribly that I don't I don't know if she could if she would want to do it again. I really don't. That's a lot. That's a lot to put on. It's a lot. And also their son's a lot older too, which means that and the press went after him being young, he's going to be older. that just makes him him more attractive for the press to go after. So I don't know there's a lot of con- there's, a, there's a lot of consideration. Their kids are still a little bitty, the DeSantis' kids. Um, they're around my age so actually i think we are this i think we might actually be the same age but their kids are a lot younger she's got media training uh he's uh, an attorney he's got the legal background he's got military service he's you know he's got he's and he's he's used to dealing with the very kind of interesting dynamic in florida because you either have super conservative Republicans in Florida, it feels like, and then you got like the Rick Scotts. And I'm not a fan of Rick Scott. I'm just not. I don't know. So we'll see. But I'm telling you, do not take media bait about this. There was a political, political, Politico piece. Let me pull this up. Rubio embraces low key side. Politico is saying that Rubio's considering a run. I don't think Rubio could handle a, handle a run. I don't dislike Rubio as a person I just watched him collapse completely On a stage When we did the Parkland Town Hall I went up on stage right after him And I watched the Republican that I was hoping Was going to hold the line So I wouldn't have to do it by myself On stage I watched him totally crumple And at that moment I thought he might be a nice guy But he is never somebody I could have in my foxhole Ever Seems like a really nice guy. But... No. So I don't even... I don't know. There's just a lot of weird stuff out. Weird stuff out there. But don't take the bait on it. Just relax and know this. Republicans have a great bench. We actually have a problem of having too many qualified people. That is a great problem to have. I just hope that people are smart and they don't get all stupid and try to take each other out and hobble each other. So... We have the press and we have Democrats that are going to try to reduce the number of of people who actually have the uh, chance to run. So we don't need to help them with that. That that time will that time will come. But there's there's always the power jockeying. But we have a lot. I don't know who they have on the left. I don't know. They had three different analysts on. MSNBC CNN and ABC and no one they were all talking about Joe Biden and his up uh, he's the inflation and it hurting his polling I loved how MSNBC though had it as like the perception that it wasn't Putin that's what's hurting him Oh, for the love because it's that's the truth you know they say perce- that's actually the truth of it but who did honestly think about this for a moment can you name one person that you feel is qualified enough charismatic enough and is not a thousand years old which might be redundant to step in i legitimately can't the only democrat who could run and win is someone who who they would never support and that's joe manchin i'm telling you they don't have anybody nobody in the house nobody in the, what if the governors they cuomo was going to be their guy he was the guy that they were grooming. He was the guy that was going to run. That's why he did that book. That book was just a stepping stone for him for a campaign. But now he's out. So who else do they got? Newsom? Gavin Newsom's the only other guy that they have. They have nobody else. Newsom? Oh my gosh, the baggage that guy has. Oh, he's charismatic. You know, he uses a lot of hair product. No. We'll talk more about this here.
2: And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech.
0: A man was arrested for littering because he left flowers on his fiance's grave. An Alabama man who planted flowers on the gravesite of his fiance. Was arrested at the direction of the woman's disapproving father. Found guilty of littering this week. Criminal littering. But hey, red flag laws, guys. Yeah, that's going to be all right. A month after Winston Haggins was engaged, his fiance was killed in a three-car crash. And so to honor her, he placed a planter box full of fresh flowers and photos of them. At her gravesite, her gravesite in Auburn, Alabama. He was arrested on a charge of criminal littering. They told him that he could put it there, his planter there, until there was a complaint, and the complaint was by his fiance's father, Reverend Reverend Tom Ford. They, I don't know why the Reverend Tom Ford decided to do that, but that was he. His his uh, father was was pastor at Grace, father in law, Grace Baptist Church in Montgomery. So that's just sad. That's crazy. Stick with us. we got more in store.
3: Want a behind the scenes look at the Dana Show? Subscribe to Dana's chapter and verse newsletter for a deeper dive in all things Dana at danalash.com.
2: Have you decided sir, whether to go to Saudi Arabia?
1: No, not yet. What would be the, uh, holding up the decision at this point? Are there commitments you're waiting for from the Saudis or on the negotiations over people? though? No, no. The commitments from the Saudis don't relate to anything having to do with energy. It happens to be a large immediate taking place in Saudi Arabia. That's the reason I'm going.
0: Uh, what? What? He's not going, but he's, he's going. going. Wait, he's not going, but he is going within s- like 30, 20, 10 seconds. Yes. Sorry, I, was, I have to reduce it down. I can't tell you how many of these sound bites we have. And this is just from over the weekend. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with us. Joining us now, I just wanted to get his quick reaction to this video. And then I need to talk about what China is apparently doing, too, in the Taiwan Strait and also threatening us with just being fried with nukes. Our very good friend, Stephen Yates, he's a senior fellow at America First Policy Institute. Find him on Twitter at YatesCons, And of course, he's also chair of the China Policy Initiative. Stephen, good to see you. I, just, I have to get your get your reaction to that. So he's going, but not, yes?
1: Well, it's always reassuring when the commander-in-chief does or does not know where he's going or who he's <laughs> going to be talking to. So, I mean, there used to be a day and time when there was a book that was prepared for the president at the beginning of said day. There was used to be a job called chief of staff where you would walk in and literally hand said book to the president and say, this is your day and this is what we're planning. They even had these funny thing called intelligence briefings, uh, where they would talk about what's happening in the world. And, and I also remember there being policy decision-making meetings about who are our allies and who are not our allies and maybe why you go play. So President Biden apparently knows there's a big meeting that's going on, I assume with a scheduled date, time and venue, and he is or he isn't going, but there's definitely a meeting. So. <laughs> There
0: we go. There we go. We we know that there's a meeting. Oh boy, yeah, he's he's got that. So that's the big thing. He knows that there's a meeting. Oh. I had to get your. I knew your reaction. I'm glad I asked because it's everything I hoped it would be. Okay, I, I've got to. I got to ask you. This is a little bit. This is actually. It's a lot more serious. I I just don't take kindly to any. Entity, foreign or domestic, threatening us, whether it's Eric Swalwell or whether it's China, threatening to nuke everybody. And so here we have the defense secretary. Uh, the, the That's the Chinese defense secretary. They said that Beijing, and I'm reading this, quote, will smash to smithereens any Taiwan independence plot. And additionally, quote, will definitely not hesitate to start a war no matter the cost. So this was the... Chinese counterpoint or, or counterpart to the defense secretary Lloyd Austin who is saying this apparently this they, they met they met face to face on Friday. Uh, so they, they do admit that they would be starting it though.
1: Yeah well I mean this is an example of provocative bravado meeting provocative weakness right. and I wish that we were on the bravado side. Uh, of this because we actually have something that can back up what we say uh, if we cared enough for our country if we if we really had leadership of the defense department the military that was building up our capability that actually wanted to focus on protecting lives and uh, the livelihoods of Americans Uh, but what we have I mean it's it's uh, it's bracing and uh, unacceptable. We use that word a little too much because then our secretary kind of accepts the fact that this counterpart says, you know, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna go ahead and s- we have smart bombs that can figure out the political views of the people that we launch them against. Mm. So we're gonna we're gonna crush a Taiwan independence plot. I don't know of any military weapon that can kill a plot, but they can they can demolish territory. They can, they can hit large targets, they can knock other assets out of the air. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we had, so the Chinese are basically saying, we're gonna threaten Taiwan and we dare you to do anything about it. Uh, we're gonna bump up against Australian or any other nationals that want to come into airspace or sea space of any fantastically ridiculous claim we have on territory and them's just the apples. And our defense secretary, had a, a glorious 4,000 plus word statement, 3,000 words into it, he makes indirect reference to China. He's talking in communist party talking points of, you know, big states threatening small states and we don't seek conflict or competition uh, or, or conflict, you know, conflict or war. Of course, we don't seek these things, but this mealy mouth kind of response when you have, I think, a very aggressive non-status quo partner partner out there uh it's just provocative weakness to me is this shows no lessons learned from russia building up opposite ukraine and we say maybe maybe unless you play by our rules we'll hit you with some sanctions later and the the russians mowed right in and so how are the chinese going to read this any differently
0: yeah that's a great point talking with our our friend stephen yates they because one of the things that the uh Their defense ministry spokesman said was, was, if anyone dares to split Taiwan from China. Well, Taiwan kind of says we're separate. We have been from for. Nature separated
1: this 200 mile long (laughs) island from the continent of Asia at time before any humans were alive on the Chinese landmass. True. you know, I don't know who invented the oceans or who put water that went from Japan in between these two parts of China, apparently, down into the South China Sea. But whoever that person or almighty being was, it wasn't
0: Chinese. True. Very true. They've also, Chinese military officials in recent months, Uh, have repeatedly asserted that the Taiwan Strait isn't international waters during meetings with U.S. counterparts. And apparently they're getting a lot more aggressive over this. Obviously, as you said, provocative weakness, as represented by not just uh, the Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin, but the administration and their policy towards all of this. I mean, the Strait of Taiwan, that is international. How is that not international waters?
1: Well, you know, the Chinese always play by the rules and uh, they're big on the international system, I say with air quotes. Uh, and of course the international system, if it was represented by the United Nations, it accomplishes nothing with all of this, but according to the law of the sea, uh, you have sort of this 12 mile zone off your shores that would define what territorial waters are. Uh, you got about a hundred miles of water. And I don't care if you claim Taiwan as part of your territory or not, 12 plus 12 doesn't get to 100, even under Common Core math. Right. So there's international waters going through there no matter what. And the problem the Chinese have is I don't think the rest of the countries in the region take this joke lying down the way apparently our expert class does. Yeah. The Japanese are pretty serious about their lines of commerce. The Koreans are pretty serious, although I don't know what they'll do about it. Uh, but we have we, this has been international waters for a very long time. And I I, I just think we have a situation where the Chinese are almost begging for a conflict and our weakness basically suggests, okay, and it's not okay. We don't want a war.
0: Yeah, because I mean, I think it it seems as though because you have the South China Sea and that's, of course, where they have their weird. uh, What are they? They literally made an island, made it out of the ether. And they said, oh, no, this is a uh, natural. It's ours now. This is a naturally occurring th- island. We didn't make this. And they just happen to put, you know, defensive or offensive, depending on how you want to look at it, outpost there. So this seems to be like much more than the Taiwan Strait. And the further south they go, I mean, then you're you're looking at supply lines from Vietnam. You're looking at supply lines coming out of uh, Philippines, et cetera. That's going to affect a massive chunk of of international trade. Right,
1: Japan, Taiwan and Southeast Asia add up to way more economic weight than China represents. And this claim that they're making would, would force shipping and air routes to go around all of that. They'd have to avoid the Straits of Malacca that goes by Singapore and up through the South China Sea to serve all of East Asia, including things that would go beyond that island chain to the Pacific across the United States. So dramatically reroutes uh, any kind of shipping traffic and military traffic, of course, between the Indian Ocean and the Pacific yeah. Ocean. And uh, so, what it does is this fancy new term that all the eggheads in academia came up with—an Indo-Pacific region. It yeah. makes it Indo and Pacific mm. separate.
0: Yeah, that's so. Talking with Stephen Yates uh, at YatesComs on Twitter about all of this. I, I honestly, I. <sighs> I thought that if there was going to be, although I'm not saying that they have not increased, they've definitely increased their aggressive rhetoric, mm-hmm. but I, what is any hesitancy that they have? I just, thought, I, I was one of the people who was speculate. well, we talked about it, speculating that well, if is doing this with Ukraine uh, on this side of the globe, then this would be the best time for China to exploit this this as a distraction. And and try to launch some sort of effort from Taiwan. What is the is it still their economy holding them back? Because their economy, despite all of the the propaganda about how strong their economy is, it's actually not. I mean, they're very. It reminds me very similar to Japan pre World War Two.
1: Yeah. Well, I think that their uh, their economy is doing worse than is widely perceived. I think that their politics are more tenuous than is widely perceived. Uh, and but I'd also confess that we don't get to know what's going on in the little black box that is Chinese leadership. They don't have these fancy open elections where they can impeach a president twice because of a bad phone call or whatever. And we
0: lost a lot of intelligence over there. Did we lose some spies?
1: Yes, we've also lost We've had several large intelligence networks that have been exposed by, I think, malpractice on the part of Americans, but also very strong aggression by the Chinese intelligence collectors But I I think that we have good reason to believe they know a little better what's going on in Taiwan, Japan, and other places. I think the key measure for them is do they believe that these others would fight or would they just accept? I think they take as a given that we have weakness coming out of the United States right now. The old way of thinking was if you have weakness from the United States, then you've got to go because everyone else will just fall in line with the United States. I don't think they can take that bargain now. Uh, The biggest change of sort of demagoguery about alliances is that during the Trump years, alliances were, uh, were, were weakened or there was isolation. That was never true. But what is true now is our allies don't believe they can rely on Joe Biden and the American commitments today. And so they're going on their own And Japan. Is committing its own kind of uh, uh, defense deterrent to these kinds of questions. Taiwan is getting a little bit more serious about this, and I think they've been heartened by watching the Ukrainian experience. Yeah. And so I don't know that the Chinese, uh, if they're being honest with themselves, see quite the option they thought they were going to have.
0: Take a little solace in that, from what we can for the, for the time being, anyway. Stephen Yates at YatesComs on Twitter. Always appreciate your expertise. Live from your Lego. Uh, base there. Your Lego bunker. We appreciate you. (laughs) Thank you so much, my friend. Good to see you. Glad you're feeling better, too. Thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm.
3: Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time.
0: danalash.com is the website and you can go up top where it says subscribe. That's where you can go for the newsletter. And I've got all kinds of stuff up on the newsletter. I did a quick breakdown of the framework that that's all we have to go by right now of the Senate gun control package a lot of you were asking me well what does the bill say it's not a bill yet they just agreed to the principles of what they want in a bill so that's why we're referring to it as framework and it's just it gets into uh I have all of the uh Republicans and Democrats the Republicans none of them are in an election cycle Corden's going to be on the show Wednesday he's retiring after this year so he's safely out of election cycle very, it's just a really. I mean, if I were if I were you know Mitch McConnell, I would probably have these ten Republicans um, all together. Nobody in an election cycle, so that they could do this and not you know if there was if there was going to be blowback. It's uh, we're we're gonna we're gonna talk to Corn and more about this on Wednesday. And any development that we get, rest assured, I will be bringing it to you, of course, and you'll have all of that. Now, gas prices aren't they at another new high? It's broken $5 a gallon For the first time ever And I have this from the Washington Post You know this is going to be This, I mean It's going to go higher Because we are not even at peak Inflation yet $5, over $5 a gallon Saturday That's the average price Jeez, it makes you wonder how high it is Because it was what, 7 Seven. I saw something in Orange County. It was seven sixteen. Someone uploaded a photo. It's over eight dollars in some areas. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! And diesel. Whew. All kinds of businesses now have higher costs. They have to raise customers. They have to pull back on new investments. And now consumers, there's a slowdown starting. All those Stimi checks. They actually went to go pay off credit card debt. That was a headline we had last week. Households are cutting back on other expenditures. And it is going to be the number it is always the economy stupid always 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 you can do all this other stuff with gun control you can do everything else you know culture wars all this stuff from the left but when it comes down to it it is the economy every every election and this is bad. I think, this, I think it's officially worse than probably Carter at this point.
2: So It puts in a perspective why they're pushing so hard on this J6 stuff.
0: And Demo- And have you noticed, too, one last quick thing. Democrats aren't defending him. One of the, one of the criticisms that Biden had last week is that not enough Democrats were on, on cable news defending him or on news period defending him. They still aren't. How do you go into that means he can't fundraise for them because they don't want him they're not going to be able to speak to him going into the 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 general election after that what a mess but mainly a mess for all of us all right today in stupidity king.
2: well it would be zoe lofgren she's the uh that withered commie rep from california <laughs> i think the 19th district
0: uh-huh.
2: um this was on the j6 hearing now you're wondering why you're not getting the full picture from this committee, and she kind of explains why.
1: Due to the length of Attorney General Barr's testimony, we're only going to include relevant portions oh. at the hearing oh. today. Oh,
0: only relevant. Didn't she co-author a report with uh, Anthony Weiner, aka yes. Carlos yes. Danger, when they were going when Carlos they wanted Danger. to dispute the certification of Ohio's electoral college in 2004? Uh huh. Yeah, that was Zoe Lofgren who did that. Yep. Interesting how now she's like totally on. Selective mm-hmm. editing. People. There you go, selective editing, folks. That does it for us tonight. I'm going to be on Jesse Waters' program in the 6 p.m. Central hour, and then later on tonight I'll be on Machine and Breen to talk about the a gun control package. Have a great night. Back with you tomorrow.